Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. I have some news. Yes. I got to go out to dinner last week. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, like in a restaurant where they serve yeah. you and everything? Yes, yes, I did. We did sit outside, but yeah, the whole restaurant experience, it was amazing. Have I, you gotten there yet? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to that. April 30th will mark 15 days since my Pfizer jab. And so May 1st, May Day, is my day uh, that my wife and I are celebrating. Molly and I are going out to lunch at one of our favorite restaurants. I made those reservations weeks ago in anticipation of this special day. Wow. Yeah, you were very smart to make that reservation ahead of time because I think a lot of people are getting vaccinated now and those reservations are are going. They are, and, and it, it's going to feel so good because, you know, during this pandemic, we've been really, really careful about being good citizens and not, yes. and not, and not, and not distributing ourselves or, you know, potentially doing bad things in the world. And so we've sensed that feeling of what they call social isolation. Um, But I'm glad that's going to be over soon. Oh, gosh, yeah. I I haven't seen anybody. We have a pod. We have a social pod. So we do see a very small group uh, regularly. But that's it. And I'm I'm sick of them. No, I'm kidding. Well, there's so many things to be sick of (laughs) and looking forward to. Like Zoom. Like we've spent so much time, obviously, with our remote team. We have everyone across the world. And and we use the Microsoft's version of Zoom to communicate. But it's going to be nice to not have to have like... Zoom cocktail parties, and we'll be able to get together yeah. with people who are who are, who are fully vaccinated and and get together in person because I'm a little tired with everything Zoom. <laughs> Zoom fatigue is real, um, but there you know there is a population that post pandemic will still rely on Zoom uh, for their social connection, and there is a nonprofit organization that's making this way more fun for that population. Pets Together. Yes, we're going to talk to the director of Pets Together, Jennifer Bashford, today, because what they do is not just connect people who are socially isolated at home via Zoom with other people, but with other animals. So dogs and cats and guinea pigs and barnyard animals and basically every animal except a frog. And you'll hear about that. Turtle. No turtles. They have no turtles. Yeah, they do. They may have a frog. They don't have turtles, though. And later in the show, we connect the dots from Hurricanes Harvey and Irma to bow ties to, stay with me here, helping senior dogs get adopted. Teen entrepreneur Sir Darius Brown. How about that name? That is a great name, Sir Darius Amazing. Brown. Yeah, he's a great kid. He applies his creative skills to make a difference. And always at the end of the show, please stop by the hydrant with us as we take a rundown on some of the doggy headlines that captured our attention this week. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? As we shut ourselves inside to save lives during the pandemic, we gave up some of the things worth living for. Dining out with friends, munching popcorn at a movie theater, sitting in the stands to cheer on our favorite sports teams. Things that connect us as humans. Maybe you've been lucky enough to quarantine with family members, but for the 28% of Americans who live alone, this pandemic has meant a stretch of months with little to no contact with others. 
let's be candid. Loneliness sucks. It can also be really risky to your health. According to numerous scientific studies that have been conducted both in the United States and across Europe, the health risks of social isolation can be significant. Listen to these statistics published on the CDC's website. Social isolation significantly increases a person's risk of premature death from all causes, a risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and physical inactivity. Social isolation was associated with about a 50% increase risk of dementia. It's been associated with a 29% increase of heart disease and a 32% increase risk of stroke. In addition, loneliness was associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. And of course, during the pandemic, this social isolation was only exacerbated. And so these health risks are fast becoming a huge parallel health crisis to the pandemic itself. Luckily, we have a partial solution in the form of dogs. A nonprofit organization called Pets Together is helping to mitigate the effects of loneliness. The idea came from a Zoom bombing pit bull who's named after a former first lady. The director of Pets Together, Jennifer Bashford, explains. It was one of our board members, and she used to visit her grandmother regularly in the nursing home. And then after the lockdown started, she couldn't visit. So she started doing Zoom calls with her grandmother and a couple of her friends. And on one of the calls, her uh, pit bull jumped in front of the screen and <laughs> kind of photobombed the whole screen. Rosalind Car Carter, the pit bull. And everyone at the nursing home just loved it. And it became an ongoing thing. They wanted her to visit with Rosalind, you know, bring her back the next day. And they didn't want to visit with, with, with her anymore, just the dog. Get that, just the dog. So we started in response to the pandemic, primarily working with residents of nursing homes who were not able to visit with people, uh, nurses and doctors on the front lines at hospitals. But as we've grown, we are now working with more people, anyone living in a long-term care facility, as well as um, we work with some children's camps, libraries, and individuals who are housebound or otherwise don't have a lot of uh, um, socialization in their lives. Now, we all know what good icebreakers dogs can be. Animal therapy is, is so powerful because the animals are just a conduit for conversation and connection between the humans. I mean, think about when you walk your dog. I mean, that's your dog is what you know, causes you to stop and talk to the other person when you may not, you wouldn't have stopped otherwise. Jennifer's rescue pup, a Chihuahua mix, is a big hit on these virtual pet visits. Potato joined our visit and demonstrated how it all works. Potato, come here. Come here, little fatty. She's just determined to come on. If I was meeting with you as a, as a resident, I would tell you about Potato, I'd tell you how old she is. I would tell you that she has the best fur. We think it's because she eats so much, but her fur just feels like velvet. And we love her little stand-up ears. They're the softest part of her. And if you could feel them, then you would just think they just are the softest thing on earth. And she's very loud. And she's about three years old and she weighs about 20 pounds. Um, and then, you know, we like to tell stories about you know, the naughtiest thing she's ever done, for example, which is jump on the dining room table, then jump to the kitchen and then eat everything on the kitchen counter. Which is how she got so chubby. So yeah, I mean, the, every dog is, every animal has stories. But the interactions are always different. 
And the visits elicit all kinds of reactions from the residents. And you'll get people who sometimes may not talk at all, but they just watch. And then we'll get an email from the the coordinator afterwards that talks that will say they talked about it the entire week afterwards, or they cried and cried and talked about their pet. And then you'll get some people who just want to tell you all about their animals and they want to tell you about how they had this type of animal and, you know, it was this, how they used to have labs and growing up and And then you have some people that don't want to talk about pets at all. They just want to tell you about what's going on in their lives. It's a two-way street. Volunteers are getting as much out of these visits as the residents. I started actually as a volunteer. So I was when there were just a few volunteers. And so we were and honestly, it was as much therapy for for us, Um, you know, because you're not seeing anybody and you're stuck in the house. But every day you get to get on a, a Zoom call with other volunteers from all over the country and see their dogs and then see people in a nursing home or whatever. And it was, it was therapeutic. So clearly, all the humans benefit from this program. But what about the dogs? You might be wondering, what do they get out of this? Everyone has a different way of putting their pet in front of the, the camera. Some people have hooked up these elaborate contraptions where they have sticks on the end of their laptops with a tennis ball on it so that the dogs will stare at the tennis ball <laughs> really intently. And other people have taken it as as an opportunity during the pandemic to teach their dogs these really amazing uh, quarantine tricks. We have several piano playing dogs. that they can so and it's great for on camera we have dogs that have whole routines of tricks now we there's one woman who does dance routines where she and the dog dress up the same and do full they have a whole dance to thriller it's amazing (laughs) my dogs don't do anything like that dogs get to spend more time with their humans playing and learning new tricks piano playing dogs now that is a story for a future episode of dog edition but you shouldn't be intimidated by that level of skill If your dog is more of a lap dog than a dancing dog, use Potato as your inspiration to volunteer. Some of our best volunteers are just just like Potato, that just sit here and do nothing. And they're just as popular. Of course, at Dog Podcast Network, we love to hear about the dogs. But Pets Together volunteers bring all kinds of animals to these virtual visits. And because they don't have to be therapy dogs, because they're not actually going into a facility, it can be anything from... You know, someone might have some foster kittens in their house for the week. And so you've got teeny tiny kittens. Or we have a lot of people who have goats and who might live on farms that have goats and sheep. And we have a mini cow that is always a big hit. Chickens, uh, bunnies. Um, We have a bearded lizard that visits. um, Guinea pigs, (laughs) alpaca, a llama. I mean, (laughs) you name it, we have had said pet on a call. We were, we were figuring this out. I think the only animal we don't have is a turtle. So make note if you happen to have a pet turtle. Jennifer went into the role of director of Pets Together with a background in nonprofit management and gerontology. She understands the negative health consequences that come from social isolation, particularly for the senior population. That's why her goal is to keep the program active long after we've emerged from the pandemic. And so if we can find a way to reach people in their homes who don't have a lot of uh, ways to interact with people who may not be near a senior center to go out and do activities, who may not have family near them, but if we could 
interact with them this way on a weekly basis to kind of get to know people. Um, so yeah, we're really, we're really looking to do this as an ongoing long-term program. So while many of us may find ourselves at movie theaters or dinner parties and ball games soon, there will always be a portion of our population facing loneliness. Thankfully, Jennifer, a league of volunteers and potato will be there for them. Step it up, potato. Oh, she's sleepy now. She's a hot mess. <laughs> We put information in the show notes for this episode about how you and your pet can volunteer to be a virtual visitor. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green, grassy, beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Animal shelter workers will tell you the dogs that turn heads and get adopted quickly are the cute little puppies and the adolescent dogs. Senior dogs languish longer, often exceeding their allowable time in the shelter, making them first on the list to face euthanasia. This is an ugly side of shelter life that obviously workers don't feel good about. It's also something that Sir Darius Brown, a teenager from New Jersey, thinks is terribly unfair. And he's been thinking that for a while he started trying to make a difference in his pre-teen years. He's doing what he can these days to help older dogs get adopted faster. To understand how he became interested in this cause, we have to go back to hurricane season 2017. This is an ABC News special report. Hurricane Harvey, state of emergency. Hurricane Harvey was a devastating Category 4 hurricane that made landfall on Texas and Louisiana in August 2017. The storm dropped more than 50 inches of rain. Flood waters rose quickly, covering two-thirds of Houston and stranding many people. More than 150,000 people at this hour plunged into darkness. We're talking about this 12-foot storm surge, so just getting to these people and getting them help is going to be 
very difficult. Hurricane Irma only came a few weeks later. It was one of the most powerful Atlantic hurricanes in recorded history. It was a Category 5 storm when it made landfall on Barbuda. Its force was so powerful that earthquake seismometers recorded it. Florida officials ordered over 6.5 million people to evacuate. Thousands of people in Texas are still recovering from Hurricane Harvey, and now people in Florida are bracing for what looks like another massive storm. Sir Darius Brown followed the events as they unfolded. He saw groups mobilize to help the people in need. He wondered about the pets. Who was helping them? I saw on social media that there were some dogs and cats being um, transported from Texas to New York who were impacted from working highly Irma. When he learned that some rescued dogs were being transferred from the devastation to the ASPCA in New York City, Sir Darius thought of a unique way to help them out. And all it required was some fabric swatches, a measuring tape, scissors, a bit of thread, and a sewing machine. You see, Sir Darius learned how to sew at a young age from his sister. It was my sister who started sewing first. My sister was like my second mom. Anything she does, I want to do. She taught him how to make bow ties, which he wore regularly. And people noticed. So he opened an online shop and started selling them. His bow ties made people look nice. Maybe they could help the displaced dogs look dapper and cute. Maybe they'd also become more noticeable. If people and dogs could look amazing, cute, dapper, and professional bow ties, I can't dogs and cats. Because I look at dogs and cats and people the same way. He stopped by the ASPCA to drop off some bow ties he made for the dogs. That's when he learned that hundreds of dogs are euthanized daily at some shelters due to overcrowding, and that many of them are senior dogs. That really hurt me a lot, and I thought about it. In that moment, he made it his mission to help save the lives of dogs by donating his handmade bow ties to animal shelters across the nation. If there's an older dog who's in the animal shelter for the longest, I would normally, um, like, make sure I choose the best bow ties, the ones that look the most standoutish. And his bow ties are making a difference for dogs like Ricky. He was going through a lot, and, um, but then just recently, he got adopted, and he got adopted because I gave him one of my bow ties. This wonderful act, so simple in its idea. Make a bow tie so hard-to-adopt dogs look more appealing is more complex when you consider that Sir Darius was diagnosed with a speech, comprehension, and fine motor skills delay when he was two years old. So it will, that means it was sort of kind of hard for me to use my hands correctly or speak clearly or understand words that, or understand what sometimes people will say. He says working alongside his sister from age eight, using scissors to cut fabric and manipulating the pieces of the bow ties through a sewing machine improved his fine motor skills. But that's no surprise. He's made and donated over a thousand bow ties. One small thing can make a huge impact. I just saved the life because of a bow tie. So it's really amazing that what I did. He's won a number of awards and accolades for his work. His favorite was a letter from former President Barack Obama. It's inspired him to keep on going with his mission to save the lives of dogs. So when I opened it and I read when I read the letter, I was just so amazed. I was so I was just speechless. 
it gave me a lot of motivation, a lot of courage, a lot of confidence to um continue working on my business, continue helping the dogs and cats in animal shelters who need to be adopted and need to have like a home. And Sir Darius doesn't plan on stopping at bow ties. He's working on designs for a whole line of dog products. He's also writing a book about his experience as a teen entrepreneur who gives back. And he is giving back. You know, I don't wear ties, much less bow ties, but I think I would consider wearing one of Sir Darius's ties, bow ties, because they look awfully dapper and they're doing such amazing work for, for yeah, these rescue right? dogs. Yeah, I might, you know, I might have to pick out a bow tie for Fudgy and Pepper. <laughs> They'd look good. Uh, for the dogs. Okay. I want, I want yeah, to wear one. Get one I for yourself, don't. I, yes. I, I'm, I'm one of these like, you know, do you remember back in Friends when Chandler was like, dogs do not wear clothes? <laughs> I firmly go back to the days of Chandler and, and Friends, and I, and I echo that. But that's my own personal bias. Yes, make an exception for these bow ties, for sure. For sure, I will do that. But I would wear one, I think. Let's take a visit to the Hydrant and talk about the news stories that are teasing us and appealing to us. What have you seen this week, Pam? You know, since we were on the subject of getting senior dogs adopted, I've come across a lot of stories about um, about senior dogs that have been in shelters for years and years and years and years, and then they make the news when they get adopted. And, you know, it's such happy news. And one in particular stood out. It's a dog, it's a pit bull mix that was in an Illinois shelter for more than 11 years. 11 years? Yeah, 11 years. Uh, he was brought to the shelter at three. The family couldn't take care of him anymore for, mm-hmm. you know, an unknown reason. Um, dropped off at three and then stayed there until he was 14 and finally adopted into his forever home. Wow. That's great. So it's nice when a shelter can can uh, do that. Unfortunately, for too many dogs, they, they have that limited time that we talked about and that is really sweet. Eleven years. That <laughs> I bet the I bet that dog was like, "This is my home. I don't know where you're taking me." Well, that's just it. It it took a while. So this is Wiggles. The dog's name is Wiggles, and it you know it took Wiggles a little while to get used to his Wiggles, okay. new forever home, but um, but is doing great. The family who adopted him reports that he is going on walks around the block and, you know, is meeting neighbor dogs and is, is doing very well. No, and no more cement floors. That's right. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, it's like, what a way I like this whole carpeting and, and, and sofas and stuff like yeah. that. Although some shelters have that, which is And the shelter cool. workers had grown very close to this dog over I the bet. years, so it was hard for them to say goodbye, but, you know, they knew it was best for, for Wales. I bet. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I hope he comes back and visits the shelter just to say hi to them. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Well, I saw a story in Psychology Today, um, which is not usually a place where I look for stories about dogs. But it turns out that there has been a large study that has determined that a lot of dogs are left-handed. I never even thought of a dog being left-handed or right-handed. But according to the largest ever study of dog-handedness, which you can see isn't done a lot, most dogs are right-handed. Male dogs are more likely to be left-handed than female dogs. And younger dogs are more likely to be left-handed than older dogs. It's just pretty interesting. Wow. Pepper is left-handed. Really? Yes. How do you know that? Well, because when I am sitting near him and he wants attention, he'll reach out yeah. consistently with his left paw and just paw at me. 
It's never with his right paw, always left. This is really fascinating stuff. Maybe we need to get deeper into this uh, in another episode yeah. of Dog Edition. But we will post the, uh, the, the link to the Psychology Today story because it is fascinating. And uh, who knew? Not me. <laughs> Pepper knew. Pepper knew, yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's just natural, right? I just, left hand, right hand. Well, that, well, that is all we have time for on today's episode. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today, even if you're not walking your dog at this moment. But you will in a future time listen to this while you walk your dog, we hope. Uh, we'll be back with another episode, but chances are that you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then, and we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash, for Jim's extended conversations. And be sure to follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app so that you can take us along on your next dog walk next time. On the next episode, we meet Mad Max the Fluffy Corgi, the unofficial mascot of the New York City subway. We'll also journey to Alaska to learn what life is like raising an Alaskan Husky dog sledding team. You'll hear those stories and more. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. Visit dogedition.com, and there's a button on the bottom of every episode page where you can easily leave us a voicemail and share your stories with us. And check the show notes for links and information about the guests on this episode. And remember, I've been saying this for a while, but we are still looking for correspondence as we grow this podcast network. So if you're a content producer or a journalist or a podcaster or just an audio storyteller who loves dogs, check out our contest. It's called 101 Dog Stories, and we're giving away over $15,000 in prize money. And join our pack. Be sure to follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. And I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you again for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.